You are now listening to Random Ramblings with Rock. Yay! Yay! <laughs> yeah! everybody this your boy b rob and i'm back with another edition of the random rounds with rob podcast first and foremost i'd like to thank you the listener for coming back each and every week or however you listen to podcast if you're a first time listener i appreciate you very much for giving my show a try and if anybody recommended you to me uh i guess if you're ever in that person's vicinity give that person a crisp high five okay um we have a guests with us on this edition of the show and um i've come to know this gentleman over i think about two years now and um it's just uh awesome to see someone from um when you first meet him up until you know now the progress and whatnot and um this man has many irons in the fire and um got a lot of stuff going on and i'm just honored and privileged to have him on my show to talk about some of these things so um without further ado i want to introduce you to former rugby player he is an artist i mean an artist as in a master of all things but more specifically painting um <laughs> ceo of the lemur app which i highly tout and i'm currently wearing the t-shirt on and dude's just awesome. He got a kick-ass accent. My my uh, guest with me this evening is a uh, Shane Monahan. How are you, sir? Rob, but first and foremost, I just need to say congratulations on your intro. Very professional. Um, and uh, thanks for having me on the show again, second time. Delighted to be back. And yeah, it's two years maybe a little bit more since we first kind of connected via lemur which uh shows you the power of of voice and, and social audio as well how we've never actually met in person but uh i feel like i, I know you and uh, i'd be happy to meet you and go for a pint you know yeah which is uh which is incredible really so um yeah lots to talk about yeah 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 um so back to our genesis and whatnot um i heard you on uh, the Naked Porch podcast, I think you might have just retired from rugby or you were just starting to get into the Lemur app. So uh, wh- whereabouts was it whenever you um, hooked up with Ray and them? Yeah, so I had, I think it was in the transition period, really, Rob. So that was, I finished, officially finished rugby. I didn't know the boots at the time around November 2015. And then I had a uh, six-month spell uh, in the octagon in MMA. So I, I did six months of training and had a fight at the end of the MMA. And that was my period of transitioning out of professional sport 
into um, into full time with Lima and tech and business and entrepreneurship and that carry on. And it was actually um, the week of my fight was the week the first prototype version of Lima was ready. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when I knew that I would going back to play professional rugby anymore and I hung up my boots and then, um, yeah it's been foot to the floor ever since um, building building the uh, the app the, the concepts creating awareness getting people like yourself on Lemur using it experiencing it and uh, it's been a very interesting journey and um, hopefully it's it's going to pick up some pace uh, very soon because you know uh, unfortunately fortunately or unfortunately it's part it goes the territory of of technology and startups is especially in technology you need a lot of money to get anything yeah. done so i've been flat i've been flat out uh, fundraising more or less for the on a year now focusing on raising funds to get the product to the next level and we're getting very close now fingers crossed to, to hopefully getting on a, a big lead investor which will will change the game for lemur but it will change the game for social audio and podcasting and everything to do with voice uh, in general, which is very exciting. So, um, again, like the last time around, that kind of stuff, I'd love to be able to, to, to shout it from the rooftops who we're talking to. And uh, they're, they're um, very interesting people, as I said, in the business world, very respected. So uh, hopefully in, in the next couple of weeks and months, I, I will be able to talk about them. But I can't, unfortunately, at the moment. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so... It's it's what I can talk about. Keep asking me questions, and what I can talk about, you know. I got you. Uh, but it's 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 been interesting, right? Yeah. Now, um, there's a lot of things to unpack from what you was just talking about. I mean, we we get where you're going with the lemur aspect of it or whatever. But you are a professional rugby player, and as part of your transitioning over to where you are now, you left rugby. To do MMA, which is um, all right, you going from multiple people trying to bash your head in to a singular person focused in trying to bash your head in. So, I mean, what was that like? What was the the thought process? I'm going from <laughs> multiple to singular. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was actually that. That's I got asked that a few times. Like, what do you think? Which was harder, or which was more dangerous, or which was scarier for you? And I. I found, yeah, strangely enough, the MMA easier from that perspective because of the point you just raised there. I know exactly where I'm going to get hit from, more or less. Mm-hmm. It's the guy standing in front of me where in rugby, um, at times you can get hit from almost any angle uh, by multiple people who might be twice or three times as heavy yeah. as I am. <laughs> so um, it was it was a strange one, yeah. And as well... Um, it was new for me because M is an individual sport and I've never played other than golf, which isn't really in the same bracket. It's not a contact sport unless you <laughs> are aggressive with golf clubs, you know? Yeah. Uh, but um, it, 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 was, it was easier in the sense, or less pressure, I'd say, mm-hmm. um, because, you know, in a team sport, it's, yeah, it's you, you need to do well, but there's the added pressure of not letting the team down yeah. and your teammates. And that helps drive you on. It's an amazing thing. Um, but in the MMA, it's it's me. Okay, you don't want to let your coaches down or your family or whoever is supporting you. But at the end of the day, it's up to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're only, you know, can you let yourself down? I suppose you can. But that was um, 
uh, I suppose, uh, gave me freedom in a way. Uh, it's, I'm trying to find the right words to describe it, but it was uh, it was a new experience and it was brilliant. And mm-hmm. to be able to focus on myself and that kind of like the training was amazing. Yeah. Like the fight itself was one of the hardest things I've ever done, ever. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, it was three three minute rounds, but I I got the job done in one round. Um, and I'll say thank God for that because it was three, <laughs> minutes, three, three minutes of hell, you know. Because um, the guy, the guy I was actually fighting, the original opponent. Of it, I'll give you a little background on what yeah. how I did it or what it was. It was a, it was a thing called Wimp to Warrior, mm-hmm. and essentially it's a six month training program for people who have no martial arts experience. Mm-hmm. Traditionally, it's meant to be. Now there are, you know, you might have done a bit of karate or a bit of boxing or jujitsu or something like that, and you've never done MMA. Um, but I had no martial arts experience. I'd done, done maybe three or four classes of jujitsu, maybe uh, around 2010. Um, but that was about it. I just was a fan of UFC, and obviously Conor McGregor being from Ireland really boosted the sport and awareness of it. So I always wanted to give it a go. So when I retired, well, I hadn't retired from the rugby at this stage. So I, I had, I was in the process of looking for, I was a free agent, as you guys might yeah. recognize from NFL, you know. So I was looking for a, a new contract and an agent looking for that. And uh, the opportunity arose where, you know, it was finished. So Munster Rugby was the club I had been playing with. And I was finished with them maybe two weeks, maybe a week even. And in a space of a day, but my father and a friend of mine showed me an article in the paper about this Wimp to Warrior thing, you know, mm-hmm. saying the tryouts for the tryouts are happening in a month's time. You can apply on the website, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, the fact two people said it to me within the same day, I was kind of like, this is a sign. Someone wants me to do this thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, I applied for it and I, I got selected to do the tryouts and I trained like a maniac for I don't know, maybe a month in the build-up to this. I was already in very good shape because I was just straight out of, you know, being a professional athlete. And, yeah. But um, was working on my endurance and my cardio and that kind of thing. And um, then I went in the tryouts. And the tryouts, again, was very, very, very tough. Um, and I think it was tough. It, it was as hard as you wanted it to be. You know, and that's what the coaches were looking for. It was kind of like, right, here's the exercises. Um, we're looking for, it was more for mental toughness they were looking for, you know, because people applying to do this, you know, I was one extreme being a professional athlete and there was other extremes where you had, you know, people who, uh, you know, let, let me say housewives, yeah. you know, or people who are, who are very overweight and, and wanted to lose weight. And then there was other people who were depressed and they were doing it to try, and help their confidence and get them out. So there's loads, of, and that's what's great about it as well. It's not about the fight; it's about the the process, you know, and yeah. the journey. And it gets you mentally and physically in a better and more healthy um, situation. That's what, like, I don't need to tell you, you being in the Marines, how how physical um, oh, activity yeah. can be so good for your mind, mm-hmm. you know, and. Um, and combat sports as well, and MMA, physicality like that, not just working on a treadmill or whatever, you know, actually getting down and dirty um, is, is a brilliant thing. But anyway, we did the we did the tryouts, and I got selected off the back of that, uh, which was great. And then we had six months of literally baby steps in the first few weeks, and then gradually grow and build your confidence as a, as a fighter. You learn these new skill sets, and 
And that's one thing I never did. I never trained how to fight properly. Yeah. Other than maybe watch the old Bruce Lee movie, you know. But uh, that in itself was an amazing experience because, you know, learning how to defend yourself, um, attack in the right ways. And and again, it's all and, and you get a discipline from that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, people people who generally are trained how to fight aren't the ones looking for fights. Exactly. You know? <laughs> so um, that was brilliant. And, you know, the, the the whole environment, the people who were there, they were all there with the right mentality as well. They all wanted to be there. They all wanted to improve themselves, wanted to dip the toe in the water in MMA and and learn. And so we did that, made some great friends. You know, I was only, only uh, texting one of the guys today, actually, of Captain... Um, in contact with him, a uh, very good friend of mine now, Gary Fox, who's actually on Lemur as well. If anyone wants to check him out, he's doing a, an amazing project project at the moment, the Entrepreneurial Experiment, or the Entrepreneurial Experiment, the EE, where he basically is going to do the whole process of a business. He, he didn't have an idea to begin with. Yeah. He said, right, I'm going to come up with a business idea, and within a year, we'll have developed it and hopefully sell it. Okay. So it's the whole journey, which is amazing, is a brilliant, brilliant thing he's doing, and he's a great guy. So you can follow him on Lemur as well if there's anyone interested in getting in touch with him. But as I said, we built those friendships, and then you go the whole true way through, and um, you're split halfway through. You're split into a blue team and a red team. Yeah. And then you're in your 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 respective teams, and you train train together. And it's like a fight camp then, as if you're building for a UFC fight camp. So they give you the whole experience of what it's like to be an MMA fighter mm-hmm. and uh, you're paired off with uh, someone in the opposite team and I my, the guy I was meant to be fighting against um, uh, a week before our fight pulled out Yeah. so I was left with after six months of training no fight That's and shitty. as you can imagine that <laughs> yeah pretty shit uh, so the next thing was how are we going to get a fight? And the coach that was on there was a fella called John Kavanagh, who some of your listeners may know who he is. He's Conor McGregor's coach. Yeah. So we were being coached by one of the best coaches in the world, uh, which was an experience in itself. And, you know, it was a great privilege to do that. But John, I was like, on to John, I was like, listen, John, I don't have a fight. Can you get me a fighter, please? And um, he, 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 reached out to a few of the clubs, the SBG clubs in Ireland, and we managed to get a, a fighter. It was a fella called Ryan Spillan who I think he was about 21 or 22 at the time, but Ryan is a big dude. He's about six foot three, and I think he was weighing in at like 115 kgs at the time, or 120, something like this. Yeah. So he was he was super heavyweight, really. And I had been cutting weight. I was down to like 98 kgs, which is <laughs> very low for me. I was usually, my playing weight in rugby was around 104. So um, Ryan to him, he took the fight and, uh, late notice and this is a guy he's had six or seven fights already he yeah. was uh, a, an amateur silver a s- silver medalist in the a- amateur world championship shit so and he's actually since gone on to be wor- he's now world champion amateur world champion in the uh, um, um, international mixed martial arts federation so he's 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 a serious serious athlete and uh, so I knew he was a, a more um seasoned fighter to me uh, and so I had a, a tactic there mentally I'd, I'd go in there and I'm, I'm just going to put so much pressure on the guy that uh, he will fold Word. and uh, my um, <laughs> blunt aggression I suppose you want to call it just get in his face so I, I put I, I um, as a um, 
what's that famous rock and roll parody uh, movie? Uh, let's turn this shit up to 11. Final <laughs> tap. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, turned, I turned the dial up to 11 for three minutes. Having yeah, the dial at 11 for three minutes is really, really hard thing to do. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I mean, and, but you was uh, pumping off of that worked. adrenaline, and, man. Yes. The, the, the adrenaline thing. Yeah, so <laughs> to touch on that, so essentially I was, I suppose our fight, are you still there, Rob? Yeah, I'm still here. Sorry, the, the lion's uh, kind of dropping in and out. Um, I was, me me and Ryan was going to be, our fight was going to be the main event, last fight of the night, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I was hanging around in the dressing room for maybe two and a half hours, three hours while this whole event went on. Mm-hmm. And that's a strange uh you know as you said your your adrenaline spike and you're nervous and you're excited and you're you're keen to get in and 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 fight and everyone else is having their fight and they're warming up in the same dressing room as you and then they're coming in with blood in their face or or hurt or (laughs) or all that and all this time you're kind of like trying to gauge the timing of when do i you know warm up properly and all this kind of thing and um and and a thing we used to in rugby, it was slight it's different in rugby as well because uh it's it's a stop start, stop start, stop start kinda mm-hmm. uh, sport, you know, it's not non stop. Yeah. Um like if you're doing a eight hundred meter run or something like that. So uh, before games we, we, we'd sometimes take caffeine pills oh, know, man. before the game and you go out. And <laughs> so I made the mistake of looking at this fight of being similar to the warm-up for a, for a rugby match. So I took a caffeine pill uh, maybe, a, I don't know, an hour before and didn't feel the effects. And, <laughs> and, and then, you know, we're getting closer to the thing. It's right, it's getting closer. I'll take another caffeine pill. I think I took two or three, oh, but definitely no. two, maybe three, which was a big mistake um, because when the time came, and you know it was in a it was a it wasn't a massive uh, venue, but there were still maybe three hundred people there, two fifty yeah. something, two fifty. So small combined, so there was, a, there was a brilliant atmosphere. And by the time I came out, it was the last fight of the night, so everyone was pissed. <laughs> They'd all been drinking all evening. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were a noisy, a noisy, noisy crowd. So uh, I came out there, and you, you, the 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 switch was flicked. And that's when you kind of go into, you know, um, beast mode or whatever you want to call it. Um, and the adrenaline kicks in then. So I did the natural adrenaline kicking in with three bloody caffeine pills in the system. And <laughs> then then when the the referee says, right, fight, you know, like Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter, you get in and, and turn the switch up to 11. And Just- as I said, I got the, got the fight going. Uh, but I could not get out of the ring quick enough because I started getting dizzy oh, and I needed to puke. So yeah, see, yeah, they, I, they had. I I, I can uh, relate to that because um I was just talking about this the other night, uh, my first experience in a wrestling ring and whatnot, and you know it was similar to me. It was just like I was looking at it, the training as a workout. You know, like you would go to the gym, you take a pre workout, and you know you pump. Then, you know, you cool down, you go on about your business. So day one, I thought it would be a good idea to take a pre-workout to go do some wrestling. So I'm in there yeah. and I take my very first bump. You know, I, I freaking I didn't tuck my chin properly. I spiked my head on the mat. Then I get up. Uh, I, I, I imagine 
that's what a concussion felt like because I was woozy as hell, felt nauseous. But at the same time, from the pre-workout, I was all amped up and hyping everything. So I kind of just shrugged it off and I was like, yeah, give me some more of that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. So tell me, Rob, you're doing wrestling now, are you? Oh, as not- in, as in professional oh, wrestling. Oh, yeah, professional wrestling. But that was like years ago. That was like three. That was toward the end of my military career that I was doing that. Okay, cool. Are you still involved? Do you, ever, do you still do that training? or No. Um, when I got out um, and I moved here, it was just like I didn't. Ha- I had an opportunity to go somewhere, but at the same time, it was it wasn't um, the proximity wasn't good enough because if you ever been to Houston, anybody that's listening or whatever, you can drive an hour in any direction and still be inside of Houston. So (laughs) I was way too far, you know, given the current situation to go try to do that every day, every night on top of work, on top of the podcast and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I've heard of fascinated by um, the whole wrestling thing as well. Um, the uh, the professional, I suppose you can be a professional wrestler without getting paid. It's it's a it's differentiating from amateur wrestling, isn't it? You have to call it professional wrestling, but uh, it's um, it's like I've seen a lot of the, you know the, the the training videos or behind the scenes stuff, and mm-hmm. it's it's tough going that training, isn't it? As you said, the bumps are it's the what's the canvas like? Very hard when you fall on it. Yeah, you don't do it right. Exactly, because I mean it, it's it. it, it yeah. It's not a lot of imagination behind it. I mean, it's plywood on top of metal with a thin, you know, <laughs> I, I I don't think is even a full inch thick uh, padding with a tarp over the top of that. So, I mean, you know, but oh, it's padded, it's padded. Now it's just covered. That's all it is. Yeah. Jesus. No wonder those guys, their, their bodies get absolutely destroyed doing that for, for 15 years or whatever it is. Um, so a big, big respect out to the pro wrestlers. Yes. Um, but, uh, it's, uh, did you, did you have many matches? No. Oh, well, it was kind of like your situation or whatever. I did all the training, you know, they, they got, they put me through the paces to, to get the experience and it was going to culminate in a match. But the timing with my, um, retirement, and, um, you know, moving away from there, I wasn't able to um, do my match because I had to do the physical aspect uh, of it and, you know, get my paperwork signed and whatever. Because there in that particular area where I was in Missouri, they were like by the book with their wrestling stuff as to where you've heard so many stories of, oh, I just showed up with no training. And I got to wrestle, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's a shame. That's a shame uh, that you didn't get to do it. And uh, what was your? Were you going to have a, a wrestling name? Yeah, see that I I didn't make it that far. You know, it's just like that's the first question that everybody usually asks me when I tell them this. But it's just like I never really thought that far. Yeah, but like as far as a name went or whatever, you know, I just didn't. Um, it wasn't at the forefront of my mind because, like I was telling you about the timing of me getting out and everything, I was just trying to you know figure out what the next thing was i was just kind of living in the moment of the training and um trying to get everything done in time to do it so i was more focused on trying to hurry up rather than to uh you know come up with a gimmick or a name or anything like that so um yeah i I just didn't really think of it but often what i would think about is just um the same question i was going to ask to you 
um, if Lemur hadn't came along or in my instance, retirement hadn't came along and I moved and whatnot, would you have pursued uh, MMA? Because I feel like if I stayed in that situation or in that city that I was in, that I probably would have went further along with the wrestling rather than what I'm doing here now. So if Lemur hadn't came along for you, would you probably try to pursue the MMA career or how would that would have turned out? Um, that's a good question. And I've, uh, I have thought about that myself. Um, yeah, I, I definitely, I would have looked at it like a goal orientated, like in terms of financial, there's not a lot of money in MMA unless you make it to the very top. And even at that, there's not a lot of money unless you're in the top, you know, 10% or whatever it is. So mm-hmm. it's quite similar to professional wrestling, really, in that sense. Yeah. Um, but I definitely, if I had a, yeah, I would have set a goal of, right, I want to get to the UFC, you know? Um, that would be my goal. And I did think, would I have done it? Yeah, it would have appealed to me. I, especially after the experience I had, the six months there and, um, going through it, I really enjoyed it. I definitely wanted to fight again after it. Um, will I ever fight again now? I don't know. <laughs> I, I I definitely would have to train at the same intensity I did yeah. uh, for the first fight uh, if I were to do another amateur fight. But in terms of turning pro and, and that, yeah, would have been something that appealed to me at the time. Yeah, definitely. And kind of the rugby, the rugby thing was I'd fallen out of love with the rugby. Yeah. It was more the, 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 the political side of the rugby. And that ties yeah. into the thing we were talking about before, where it's not just about you, mm-hmm. where in the MMA, you have a more control in a weird way, yeah. you know? Yeah. And um, I feel, you I feel win and you win. Yeah. I, you know, and I feel that sentiment or whatever. Of, Cause like, um, so. it was, it was the same way with me coming out of the military, you know, I, I came to the end of a shorter career because, you know, I kind of felt like how you did. I mean, I, I was falling out of love with what I was doing and, you know, if you have that feeling or whatnot, you shouldn't stick around because it's going to be toxic to the environment around you. You know, you're not giving in your, um, putting your best effort in yeah. for the team. Yeah. Yeah. It's a strange one. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I just, I had yeah. to go. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's, it, and it's sometimes situations happen. You don't realize it at the time. Do you know the point in your career where the change is right? That was the time where if it, it finished for me, where there was that switch in my brain saying, well, I'm not be in the military anymore. Mm. But you didn't realize it at the time. Do you remember that? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just like um, even prior to, um, I might have been feeling that two years before I actually pulled the trigger on it, because um, I think I was coming around. Uh, and, and and do you remember the situation? Yeah, I was just sitting there at my desk, <laughs> you know, just doing normal <laughs> everything stuff, doing paperwork or whatever, and um, it came up across my desk about uh, reenlistment. You know, it was time for me to figure out if I was going to give another four years or get the hell out. So at that point, I had already done 13 years. And um, for us, it it was like to retire, you had to do a full 20 years. So I was already at 13. I already given up 13 years of my life for deployments at that time. And um, I was just like, man, I could walk away from this right now 
but it was always in the back of my mind, like, what would I do? And, you know, I've given all this time and I'm, I wouldn't get shit back for it. I would just be leaving clean off, you know? So I decided, I was like, well, maybe it's time for a change of venue. Cause where I was, I just came back from deployment. I already been there for like two or three years. I was like, maybe I, a change of scenery will reinvigorate me and, you know, get me motivated again to, you know, keep pushing on. So I re- went for reenlistment. And now I'm filling out the paperwork. I'm doing all the packages and everything. And I came in with uh, tattoos. Matter of fact, the person that recruited me into the military had way more tattoos than I currently do now. And um, that was kind of like the allure, the appeal to me, you know, in in certain aspects of uh, joining um, the Marine Corps. So when I went 13 years later, you know, obviously the policy had changed on tattoos. I think around 2003 or maybe even later, I don't remember the exact time frame, but they started slacking down on that. There's like, all right, if you have um, like people who have full on sleeves and everything tattooed from their neck down to their freaking wrist and all kind of stuff like that. So if you were in before a certain time and you had all that stuff, you had to go get it photographed and uh, sign the paperwork and get grandfathered in because they're going to change the policy. And um, so I did that back then, but I had shit leadership and I didn't know any better. So I didn't follow up, but I went, did what I was told to do, but it wasn't filed and recorded properly. So that was like maybe what I was six or seven years in at that point when that happened. And then 13 years later, well, years later, around my 13 year mark, when I go to reenlist, my tattoos are an issue now because I did okay. I did accumulate a few more, but it was uh, before that cutoff or initially. So now I had to go through the whole process again. Like I'm brand new doing this. Like I had to take pictures of my tattoos. I had to submit it to headquarters Marine Corps. Um, I had to do this and that, this and that, this and that. And um, I was just like, well, this is bullshit. You know, I've done this for 13 years. My tattoos have nothing to do with my performance, you know, and just stupid shit like that. You know, it is like it was uh, dragging me to that end to where, like, you know, this is dumb. Why, why is this even an issue? I don't even want to do this anymore. So to add to that, the Sergeant Major there, you know, the boss's boss there for us was just like jumping on my shit because of my tattoos. You know, and I was like, this is nothing new. It's not like I just got these yesterday. I've had these for, you know, the life of my military career, you know. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, he was just one of those type of people and everything. So it it, it was so much of an issue to him to where, like, my reenlistment almost got denied. So I was like, what the hell? You know, he, he was pouring buku salt on my shit, you know. Yeah. And, um... <laughs> So I was getting down about that. Then the whole idea of just like not being able to continue to do the thing that, you know, I enjoy, you know, because of somebody else's opinion. And um, so I danced all around that shit, got it sorted out, and I was able to reenlist. Now, (laughs) to even add to that, many years prior, once again, when I was of lower rank, I want to go back to the place to where I was trained in my craft. I'm transportation by trade in the military, 
So I wanted to go back to the schoolhouse where I was initially trained to be an instructor so I could teach the new wave of Marines coming in to the, the Marine Corps. So that's when I wanted to do it way back when. Now I'm toward the end or, you know, at this point to where, like, I really don't want to do that and I'm not feeling that. But, you know, when it came time to reenlist and to go somewhere else, it was like my only option. So I was kind of like voluntold to go there. <laughs> Right. So um, my wife is former army as well. And that was like a big base of her career was uh, there in Fort Lindenwood, Missouri, where I would go to train. And she hated that place. She told herself like prior to meeting me that she would never go back to that place if she had anything to do with it. And now I'm obligated to go there. She's married to me. So she has to go. (laughs) So that kind of put an even more big of a damper on the situation, <laughs> you know? So yeah, I had to drag my family back to this place. Cause like for me personally, I can go anywhere. I don't give a shit. I'll survive. I find something to do. I have hobbies to sustain myself. And, you know, for other people, you know, it is what it is. So now I'm back in what we call bumfuck Missouri. <laughs> and um, I'm here teaching. And what I come to find out about um, going back there and being an instructor is like how much I how much more I enjoyed it than I anticipated I was going to enjoy it. So regardless of what we're doing right now, we podcast and I'm talking to you. We having this conversation. I had stage fright like a motherfucker, you know, for me to get up in front of people and talk, you know, like to it's more of a script thing for me to have a curriculum and to give that curriculum it frightened me because I was scared I was going to miss some uh, valuable points and you know just the overall delivery you know that shit shook the fuck out of me you know and um, going there and they train you in the art of setting up a classroom doing a curriculum you know teaching points you know talking points and everything they set you up to be a good instructor and I really enjoyed that aspect after the training and to get up in front of the students and realizing that, like, you don't have to go perbatim. You don't have to go by the book. You just take the curriculum that they give you and you make it your own to best suit the situation. I mean, you can't be making up shit, but, (laughs) you know, you have the the flexibility to, you know, kind of tailor to your style and everything. So I really enjoyed that. And um, after a while, it was good, you know. It was just like I was telling you, I I felt invigorated. I I was like, oh, man, I can still do this. You know, then by the year in, it was the politics surrounding the schoolhouse. You know, certain people had certain liberties. And, you know, at a point it was getting to where instructors was getting fried because the uh, leadership was believing the students over the the permanent staff. So students were bringing up all these false allegations and the command wouldn't have their back. You know, just hanging their ass out to dry. And, you know, I thought that was shit. I was like, that's not what we do. You know, we look into the facts of the situation and, you know, make a determination after not just cash judgment at a glance. So, you know, it really weighed on me. And then um, I hung there for about two years. So that put me at my 15 year mark. And um, Around this time as well, we were drawing down from Afghanistan. We were pulling out of the from overseas and all that stuff. And since we plussed up so much to go over there and do work, now everybody's here is peacetime, you know, quote unquote. 
and we got too many of you motherfuckers now. <laughs> so some of y'all yeah. gonna have to, some of y'all gonna have to go. So they were um just kind of it's strict up then because well, we're not in wartime anymore. You know, usually we get you in, we get you trained, we get you shipped out somewhere so you can go do the work. Now that we're just sitting here twiddling our thumbs doing normal day to day things, you know. I'm tired of looking at your face. You know, you, you're getting irritating to me. You got to go. <laughs> so yeah. things were more strict. Things were more tight. So at a time to where there's a Marine with um, a little more, you know, body fat than another guy, they were getting kicked out for that. You know, things that you would normally get a slap on the wrist or maybe a paper counseling on, people were getting kicked out for that. You know, people, you know, it was just like just to get rid of motherfuckers. And I didn't like that. So I got passed over for promotion. You know, and that was kind of like one of the tipping things or whatever to like, you know, I've done everything I was supposed to do curriculum wise for my rank, my grade. You know, I don't have bad fitness reports, but I felt like they could have been better. So, I mean, that may have had a sway in it as well, but. I've done everything to set myself up for that next level. And I got passed over for a promotion. And I was like, well, that fucking sucks. And I didn't want to sit there and wait around for another go around or whatever, because, you know, if you get passed again, you know, your chances uh, for getting promoted are real slim. And, you know, even reenlistment after that would um, look kind of slim as well. So I'm like, do I stay around for the next, you know, look and risk, you know, being in that same situation I was 13 at 13 years to where I would have just walked away with nothing. So since the downside started coming, everybody with 15 years or more, but less than 20, they got offered this uh, program called Terra to temporary early retirement assistance or something like that. So they was like, hey, man. If you uh, 15 years or more, but less than 20, you can retire early. But you would take a kind of a hit on your um, your your pay, your retirement pay. So for a full 20 year ride, you would get half 50 percent of your base pay. So anything under um, 20 years, you would get that uh, that percentage would diminish. So I was looking at 16 years and two months at retirement for retirement. So it would have put me at like 40 something percent. And I was like, you know what? I did the math. You know, I can still work so I can eat up that difference. So I was like, retirement, please. <laughs> let me let me get that <laughs> get that paperwork. Let me, let me, why don't you pass that over this way? <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, yeah. I, to I told my wife about it and she was like, please get us out of Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> And um, that's kind of where it went down for me. And then that just kind of ran parallel with like I was telling you about the wrestling stuff. So with that being thrown into the fire, it was just like that was the priority of the wrestling to, you know, get my family situated, figuring out what the next step was for me. And at that point in time, you know, as much as I love to do the wrestling and whatnot, I don't think, you know, starting out a whole new life would be, you know, wrestling wouldn't be the stepping stone to get me <laughs> to the next level of what I was trying to do. No, no, especially, uh, you know, with a family and that, if it was just you and your own, who knows, but, uh, um, responsibilities and that, that side of stuff. But no, it was great that you got the, you had that severance pay. Mm -hmm. uh, you had a bit of security table to get you set up, you know, and, um, 
you know, I have a lot of respect for people like you and in, in the military and the Marines, especially because that's some hardcore people, hardcore training. And, yeah. uh, you, you have a lot of, of, um, skill sets, um, that, you know, are, will stand to you and everything that you're doing, you know, stuff like that hard work, right. And knowing what actual hard work is, mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know, a lot, of, a lot of people don't know what that is, you know, and, and the, that physicality thing teaches you that you know mm-hmm. uh getting that heart rate over a certain level <laughs> yeah and see even now like you know? um as many it, like through my story that i just told or whatever i mean you think i would have a lot of bad things to say about the military i mean that's just my opinion you know my opinion doesn't uh speak for everyone else's but what i would say is um if you're coming out of high school and everything and you don't have a plan you don't have a clear goal i mean i would highly recommend the military i wouldn't Maybe not necessarily the Marine Corps. I mean, different strokes for different folks. I mean, you find what's best for you, who offer you and you the best uh, incentives and everything at the time. And, you know, I mean, if you do it right, it can work way in your favor. Because, like, you coming out of high school, you shouldn't have any bills other than the cell phone, if that. So, I mean, you get paid. I mean, here I am sounding like a recruiter, right? You get paid <laughs> twice a month. They give you a place to stay. They feed you, you know, I mean, you wear a uniform every day. So, I mean, you don't have to, you know, spend so much on clothes if you don't want to. So, I mean, it can set you up on a good financial path, you know, good freaking solid, you know, stability, you know, and they'll pay for school if you want to do that or you decide to do it down the road. And, you know, if you hurt yourself uh, physically, you know, you'll be taken care of. So, I mean. I'd highly recommend it to anybody that doesn't have a solid plan moving forward. I mean, you don't even have to do a full 20 years. You can do a four years and still be set up for success. So that has been my recruiter's announcement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be all that you can be. Isn't that a, be the best, is it all you can be or the best you can be? Yeah, that's, that's the, the all recruitment. That's the army joint. Yeah. <laughs> the army, sorry, I know you guys are different. Sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, we're and, the few I, and I the proud. <laughs> Sorry, I said we're, we're the. I think I don't know if it changed, but it's like we're the few, the proud, the Marines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I know I'm asking a lot of questions, but I'm fascinated by it. Like, why did you join the Marines? Yeah, and um, that see, we on the same wavelength or whatever. Because I was going to track back to um why you went into rugby, so we can just kind of trade off. I'll go first. So yeah. um. Yeah, okay. I, I come from um, a military family. My father was in the Army. Um, my brother was in the Army. I had um, other brothers and sisters in the different branches of the military because I come from a very large family. And um, I just grew up around it. You know, I would go spend summers at different duty stations with my um, sister and her husband. And um, I would go spend time with my brother at different places and everything and I just seen the life that they had for them and their families and whatnot my cousins my nieces and nephews and all that stuff and you know I wanted that you know so it was always in my mind you know real young that you know what my career path was going to be going forward so I had a couple things that I you know I've said on the show before but like I either wanted to be in the military be a stuntman a martial artist or a professional wrestler and, you know, through the Marine Corps, I got to do all four of those things. So, I mean, I, I think I'm, I, I feel I've accomplished everything that I wanted to do. That Well, that is a hell of a 
CV and class goals to have. Yeah. Stuntman, martial artist, marine. What was the last one? Yeah, a professional wrestler. <laughs> a professional wrestler. <laughs> Every one of them is cool. You know what I mean? If you if you, you achieved any of them, and you have, you've achieved all of them. So fair play on that one. Yeah. Um, I think I think my answer to that is very similar to yours too. Is um, look, my dad played rugby. Mm-hmm. Um, he went. He went. He went to a school. Uh, he went to a private school in Dublin City called Blackrock College, which is famous. It's in rugby circles. It's a very famous school. It's like West Point in military. You know, like in terms of uh, famous for producing rugby players. Yeah. And uh, my dad went there in the seventies, but my dad came from like I'm a, I'm a town, a city called Drogheda, just north. It's about an hour north of Dublin. But in the 70s, it may as well have been 10 hours north, you mm-hmm. know, in the countryside. And rugby didn't exist outside of Dublin. Uh, and he went to the school. He went there when he was about 16, I think. And it was the first time he even heard of rugby or saw a rugby ball and uh, started playing and just fell in love with the game, basically, you know. Mm-hmm. And he took that back with him and he, he, he played with the, the local club here and became captain and just loved rugby and introduced me and my brother to it when we were kids. We started at, I think we were five or six when we started. Yeah. And um, again, I, I love the sport. I love playing. I played all sports when I was a kid. We were very, like, we, we loved all sports. And uh, the rugby, rugby one was I played up until the age of about... Um, Ten, and then I went. And I, I went to play soccer for two years or so, uh, which was great. Really enjoyed that as well. And then I went back to the rugby at the age of twelve, and really, really kind of it. it, it the penny dropped for me in regards to rugby, and I was very good at it. You know, when you're good at something, you you tend to want to do it more. You know, and um, I made a decision when I was twelve, which you know I was very lucky to be able to do was knowing what I wanted to do when I quote unquote grew up, you know, Yeah. <laughs> which was, um, uh, like you, I, I only had a list of two was one, either join the army mm-hmm. or the, the cadets, as we call it over here to be the officer corps, you know, yeah. um, uh, and potentially go on to special forces and that kind of thing, or be a professional rugby player. Yeah. So, and I said, if I didn't do the professional rugby thing, I'd, I joined the army and I did the professional rugby thing, you know? Yeah. So, um, it was, it was, yeah. And it was, it, they do a great thing in our, in the school. I was in a community college. I didn't go to Black Rock now. My, my mother couldn't bear to let us go to boarding school, you know? Yeah. So we ended up staying in, in Broda and we went to St. Oliver's community college, um, which in our town would have been seen as the roughest, the roughest school in the town, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but it was, it was a great school and uh, great teachers, great for sport. Lo- I loved it there, but they did a brilliant thing. Whereas when you go in in first year, they record you yeah. and ask you that question, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And then six years later, show you the video <laughs> and, uh, you to your whole year and see if you still want to do that, you know, see yourself as a little 12 year old, uh, and then when you're when you're you're a teenager when you're seventeen or eighteen, and my my goal was exactly the same as it was when I was twelve. So, um, and that's that's a that's a I've learned that you know, as as I said already, it is a very important thing to, or a privileged thing to actually know what you want to do because it 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 still takes a lot of work, but it yeah. makes it easier in a sense. 
to achieve to achieve what you want to do you know mm-hmm. you have a goal so that's that's how i did that and you know you climbed the ranks like anything and each one was a set goal so you had like there's age grade so you had you know under 16s leinster under 18s leinster under 18s ireland under 19s leinster under 19s ireland and so on and so forth and they ticked the box you know yeah and uh, I achieved every one of them until until you get thrown into the mix with the adults. <laughs> <laughs> and competition gets a lot stronger. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's brilliant. And, and that's, you know, it's like anything. It's like you at the military. You, there's there's lots of peaks and there's lots of troughs. But uh, I try to focus on the, the, the peaks and the good times as yeah. much as I can and take, take that with me, you know? Yeah. That's what it's all about. So Now, um... You spoke That's earlier. It, you spoke earlier about um, you know, things being meant to be, or you know, getting that uh that calling to, to come to do something. Um, you transition out of rugby <laughs> into MMA, yeah. and then um, lemur kind of fell in your lap, or you know, the idea of it, you know, came to you or whatever. I mean, what was that uh the, the striking point? When, when when did all that uh come to a head? How, how did that come to be? Um, it came to be um, when I was still playing rugby so it came to be in December 2014 and this ties in around the period of time with my last season proper season of professional rugby was one of the worst years of my life really um, very very difficult year professionally physically mentally all this kind of stuff yeah. and kind of um that's when I had my moment of uh, realization that you know meant to be. Someone's trying to tell me you're not to play rugby anymore. It's not for you anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you know th- that's when I came up with the idea. I was having a. I I, I think we've discussed this before, yeah. but uh, and uh, over the years when we we're talking about, but essentially Christmas, yeah, December 2014. You get very little time off as a rugby player. You're playing every weekend. You're training, yeah, Monday to Monday to Friday, etc. Sure, but around Christmas time, especially because you're still playing matches, so you have to be in camp. So um, I had something like twenty-four hours off, or forty-eight hours off, or something like this. So I flew home to, to Dublin or to Drogheda, and uh, my dad is in a voluntary group. Um, it's currently Drogheda as a town, but it's the fastest-growing urban centre outside Dublin. So it should be a city, you know. And with city status comes a lot of, you know. Um, things that are good for the area, investment, jobs, et cetera, et cetera. And we're not currently getting that. So my dad were, grew up in the town and a lot of family history and commerce and business and that, trying to get city status, official city status for Drogheda. So it's it's a voluntary group anyway. And um, the problem with a lot of voluntary groups is you do all this great work and no one knows about it. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, so dad and the group were getting quite frustrated with this. And dad would, you know, old school write letters to the newspapers and nine times out of ten those letters don't get published yeah and even when they do they're gone after 24 hours and that's why traditional media is losing the war against digital and has more or less lost it you know um and he was like shane is there anything we can do to get the word out there about all this work we're doing and i said yes dad there is you can make a podcast and first question dad asked me was what's a podcast you know, so exactly. I had to explain to him what it was, and essentially, it's you know, it's a homemade radio show in very, very layman's terms. And I, I, 
I told him that and he goes, Shane, that sounds brilliant. How do I do it? And I'm sure you get asked that a lot, Rob. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. how do you make a podcast? And at first glance, it sounds easy, but it's actually not. There's yeah. a lot of work equipment and time you know headphones microphone laptop or desktop editing software uh, web hosts set up your social media accounts then you have to promote it etc etc and yeah i explained this to my dad and he goes uh, Shane, too much information not interested <laughs> so he literally went from amazing idea to not interested in seconds mm-hmm. and that's when i got the idea i said wow Imagine there was an app for someone like my dad or anyone who wanted to create a podcast or audio in general, open it up, say what you want to say, hit share, and you're done. Yeah. So it removes those barriers to entry, and the term less is more came to mind, Mm -hmm. and that's where the name Lemur comes from, or L-I-M-O-R. So that was the seed of the idea. And of course, it has evolved a hell of a lot from then. But I took that initial seed. As I said, the timing is everything in life as well. You know, Mm -hmm. I I may have come up with that idea when I was 20 at the beginning of my rugby career. I may not have gone anywhere. Um, Or even the timing of if I had launched Lemur in 2014, it would have been too early to do it. You know? But um, where the world is, where technology is, where the podcast market is, where voice technology is at the moment, the time is now for a platform like Lemur. Um, Because essentially what I'm doing with Lemur is, Lemur is not a podcasting app. And Mm -hmm. this is is something that, you know, I have to explain to people. And people are only starting to wrap their heads around what podcasts are now in the mass market. And I don't you know, understand uh, that either because <laughs> I've been around for yeah. so long. But, you know, you know, as things do, I mean, it takes time. It takes time. Exactly. And people are only getting used to it now. And I'm kind of saying, no, well, actually, this is different. You know, and in my view, it's 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 better. It's the next evolution of it. And I kind of what? You know, and I, and I try to explain this to podcasters. And I'm like, what are you talking about? No, this is how you podcast. Mm-hmm. I go, no, that's, you know, and I, I use the and language is very important here. I said, no, that's traditional podcasting. You know, Lemur, Lemur is the next evolution again in, in that, you know, on, on Lemur, you can do a, a one minute recording of your thoughts or a result of a ball game or just just whatever. Does that qualify as a podcast? You know? Yeah. Not really. And even the technical side of it, you know, podcasts in technical terms is related to the RSS feeds, you know? Mm-hmm. And wide free distribution on the internet, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Well Lemur is a different model to that again. Um but um essentially it's gonna be it's it's evolving it, making it easier making it uh, not scaring people as I, as I said you know yeah. most people they, they listen to podcasts or if they do listen they love consuming but are intimidated by creating content and not everyone wants to be a podcaster it takes a lot yeah. to be one you know and I have a lot of respect for people who consistently and you're one of them who consistently delivers for their listeners or if they want to show and but not everyone wants to do that mm-hmm. but, but I do think that everyone would still like to be part of this uh, era of audio which we're coming into yeah. you know um and it's the same with you know instagram or twitter people didn't want to be professional photographers yeah um but they still wanted to be involved in images on instagram and that's what lemur offers it offers that easy accessibility to creating audio and communicating and that's the big thing with lemur as well with podcasting 
there's no real interaction between yeah. uh, cre- creator and consumer. Um, whereas Lemur social audio, it allows you to talk to the host or the content creator and spark conversation. And that's the future, I believe. And in and the next evolution of social media full stop is voice. Yeah. You know, because all the negatives are, but social media is amazing things like anything, but there's negatives there. And because it's so new and like anything that's good and new, people dive in head first without thinking of consequences, you know? Yeah. And that's what's happened with social media. And people are saying, you know, social media isn't actually social at all. <laughs> you know, uh, that's, that's the irony of it. Yeah. Whereas social audio, hopefully because it's voice, it, you know, you don't have the keyboard warrior side of things where when you actually speak to someone and you hear their voice, uh, it brings humanity back to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a very important thing, too. And you can get, you know, that passion, emotion, context. And, and, and like we're talking here now, recording your show um, in essence, and as you can do it now on Lemur, but you yeah. would be able to have a conversation like that, you know, and spark it, even if it's a short conversation in the comment section, it could spark to, to, and this is how we ended up connecting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Enough, <laughs> that's exactly it. So we're talking now because of Lemur, which is an amazing thing. As I said before, hopefully one day, um, we'll get to meet in person. We definitely will. As I said, I was over in the States and I'll, I'll, when, when Lemur, when we get a bit of funding in and I have a bit of time, we'll definitely be making a trip to, to Texas. Yep. And, um, you know, because, you know, the military thing, I'm going to wreck your head about asking you questions about your military service and how good your shot was, you know. Yep. Professional wrestling. Uh, you're into Marvel movies and all that carry on oh, as well, yeah. aren't you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All the things. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, you're on the other side of the world to me, but we, we have so many things in common, mm-hmm. and it's hard to get that across with just an image or text. Yeah. You know? And that's what I was going to bring up as well, because, like, um, what you were saying about the, the feeling behind your words and whatnot, because, you know, here here it is, real life, you know, through texting. I mean, that that's usually the mainstream of people's communication nowadays. And I'm married, been married going on 12 years and uh, we have got into many an argument through some texts because, you know, one, I'll text it in, you know, meaning it a certain way and the other party interprets it another way. So it leads yeah. to an argument. You know, and that's the same thing with the Internet. You know, people intentions aren't properly conveyed through uh, words, you know, but like how I feel with lemur or, you know, things and the like to where you can hear someone's voice and you can hear the sincerity in it or the sarcasm or whatever the case may be, because it's harder on lemur, especially, you know, with that community, there's a great group of people. You don't get like so much of a negative feedback from anything. I mean, you get some opinions, but you won't be like how on Twitter a motherfucker will be like, Oh man, suck a dick. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're not going to get anybody like that. You know, you're going to get somebody with some genuine feedback and, you know, hey, man, um, your recording didn't sound so well here or this and that, this and that, this and that. So that's what I appreciate about Lemur and a, a lot of the marketing part of it that I've done for uh, Lemur because I get people like how you were saying earlier come to me be like, hey, um, what does it take to start up a podcast or whatever and I'm just laying it down like how you did for your pop which is like all right you need to find someone to host your audio you need um, a microphone you know I would recommend a mixer 
and damn, you know, you need some headphones and, you know, just uh, the whole spiel, like how you was telling him and whatnot. And that does create a lot of anxiety or whatever. I mean, for whatever reason, it can be multiple things, you know, financially, you're not in a place to go buy all this stuff or you just even in a tizzy about, all right, which headphones do I get? Which microphone do I get? Which laptop, computer or recording device that I should uh, look into for my setup? You know, all that stuff that comes with it to where like I'm just like, hey, man, there's a oops, excuse me. There's an app called Lemur. Just download it to your phone and you can do everything from your phone. Just try it out. I mean, if you don't like it, it doesn't really, you know, like go to iTunes or anything like that. It's just a control thing. It's kind of like journaling. You know, we can see your progress from when you started all the way up. And, you know, just like that video you was talking about, you know, you, this is you here starting with your first, you know, Lemur experience. And then we get to see you go through your archives, you know, to where you are currently as you grow using the app and feeling more comfortable using your voice and, you know, just talking about things and subjects and topics and whatnot and interacting with the community. So I highly recommend Lemur. If you look at any of my show descriptions for um, the podcast, Lemur and the Laughable app are always listed on there for links to find it. And, you know, I wear the shirt all the time in Walmart. So I I really dig it. Yeah, and I, and I owe you a jumper. I know. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna. That's. I'm gonna make a point to get another jumper made and send it over to you. Um, and and it's like support like that is is massive for us. Um, like you've been a lemur original. You know what I mean. Um, from the 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 early prototypes and like and and really like the version we have now, using a, an MMA or martial arts uh, example. In my eyes, the lemur you see and use at the moment is a white belt. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And um, when it's a black belt, it's going to be a force to be reckoned with, you know, yes, sir. and it's very exciting. And the design, um, as I said, is more or less coming on a year that I've been in, in the fundraising to take it to that next level to, to maybe a blue belt, you know, yeah. um, and and it's very exciting. And as the market is growing and evolving, it's it's kind of it's frustrating in one sense because we're so ahead of the game in terms of where we are planning on taking voice and audio mm-hmm. um um it's just keeping that momentum and keeping ahead of the game is key you know um but uh you know there's there's a reason why i was invited over to silicon valley you know as yeah. opposed to asking to go over which was a big boon and a big 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 positive for us and that was what two months ago now i was over there and uh it was an amazing trip and i have to say and the, the the people in 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 the US and California were were so uh, welcoming and um, friendly. And uh, one thing which was a breath of fresh air for me, like you always see in the movies or hear the 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 stere- not the stereotypes, the the cliche of the American dream, yeah. you know. And uh, like I've been trying to raise money and spread the idea and the vision what I, that I have for Lemur in Ireland you know, Ireland and the UK for the last four years. And it's, it's like it, I'm, I've unwavering belief. That's just like my stubbornness, what it is that I know this thing is going to work. So it doesn't bother me, but it can mm-hmm. be frustrating at times when other people, when you're, you're, you're going in, you're trying to explain it, and then they're kind of like, Oh, I don't know. I don't think that will work. Or I'm not too sure. Or, Sounds good. But maybe, you know, when you're further down the line, come back to us, you know, yeah. uh, this and that, and that kind of attitude, which, um, I I can't abide, you know. And yeah. but so when I went over to America, and, and okay, it is you are in the heart attack, so they get text right away. But 
saying that the attitude was just amazing. It's kind of like, love it. Mm-hmm. How can we help? What do you need? Let's do this, you know? Yeah. And it was just a breath of fresh air and goes, this is amazing. And, and it's kind of like in the papers and the news and business in general over here. And, and they're kind of like, why are we so far behind America? Like, like we have amazing talent, amazing people. And there's, there, there is money here, but we're like 10 years behind, you know, America. And it comes down to attitude that American, you can do it. You know, mm. if you have the right people and you have the funds, you can fucking do anything. Yeah. And, um, and and it's true, and it was an eye opener for me. And it's kind of like, I was like, I got, I got a, I was in Palo Alto, so you're right in the heart of it, you know. And yeah. that was really, really cool to, you know, getting uh, Johnny Maximin, if he's, if he, if he ever listens to this, fair play, he's a great guy. He brought me over and very tapped into in, into the whole scene over there. But he was giving me a tour and said, oh, there's the first ever Apple store, you know. Yeah. This is, you know, the street. Zuckerberg lives on and all this carry on which is and here's Stanford University and all this stuff was amazing but uh, I got to Uber into San Francisco when you're driving over the motorway and you come because we don't have cities the size of yeah. uh, like so, and San Francisco is a small city compared to <laughs> yeah, other American that's cities, crazy right you know <laughs> Yeah, and I was like the skyscrapers, and I was like, Jesus, it's like being in a movie. And I felt like, you know, Ivan Drago and Rocky Four when he sees Apollo Creed dancing to living in America, you know? (laughs) He's like, oh, coming from, I'm not saying Ireland is like communist Russia, but it was kind of like, oh my God, this. You just get a sense. I got out in the financial district in San Fran and all the, the big, massive buildings. And it literally just hit me, and I was amazing experience. Hard to describe. It's like, fucking hell. Mm-hmm. it's like this is what it feels like I says you can literally do anything if you have the right idea the right work right the right people around you you can achieve anything you know and that was uh, an amazing thing and that's what like you see all this stuff uh, you know in 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 the, the newspapers and all that about America and the the world in general and but you know it's very divided at the moment in the states and it's 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 like it's fucking ground zero all again or it's the end of the world or something you know yeah. but um i think that's just a narrative people like to push because bad news sells you know exactly uh, but it wasn't the sense i got at all like everyone over there were just they were all very positive you yeah. know and this is california which is as most one of the most dem, uh, you know democratic not democratic the most blue country uh, states in america you know yeah and uh, they were kind of like, no, they're all extremely positive and very, very uh, positive about the future and all that, which was great. So uh, that was an amazing experience. And, and I and I uh, aimed as mi- the minute I get this round closed and get my, my ducks in a row, I'll be back over uh, in Palo Alto again, you know. Um, and, and while I'm there, hopefully, as I said, we, we can we can we can hook up and uh do a yeah. podcast in the same room potentially. Go yeah. to go to a, a WWE event. Something oh like yeah, that. oh yeah, I'm down. Well, I mean, I don't know how you, you, how in a row your ducks will be by then, but uh, January Royal Rumble will be here in Houston, Texas. So uh, wow, if if you can make the trek this way, I mean, I have an extra room here for you. So. <laughs> Well, appreciate that. Appreciate that. Will will we still have an Irish Women's Champion by then? Who knows? I I don't know, but uh, I mean, she's still be in the record books. So, yeah, yeah. So, what was your view on? Uh, I know we're it's 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 old enough, but on WrestleMania. Oh man, um, this year's WrestleMania. Yeah, I, I thought it was all right. I've been to four. This is my fourth one, and I'll say out of the four that I've been to, this was the best one for me. 
you know. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, wow. it, it was just the overall experience for me, you know, just going to New York, New Jersey and all that stuff and all the things surrounding the trip. Because, like, I got to actually like how you were saying, I got to podcast with people that I admire in the same room while I was out there. And um, I had people that I served with in um, the military that lived in that area that I didn't even know that we hooked up on the whim and we went throw axes and all kind of other crazy shit. <laughs> and, and um, yeah, I mean, it was just all around an amazing trip and everything. And um, just, you know, co- seeing Kofi win, seeing the first women's uh, main event of WrestleMania and to have, you know, the woman win. Well, the man, I'm sorry. The man win, man, t- yeah. win, win two belts. Becky two belts. Yeah. So, I mean, it, the whole experience was great. No, that sounds great. Like, I, uh, for me, I, I suppose I've been out of touch. I, I used to watch, I only really got into wrestling. Like, I remember, like, in the 90s when I was a kid, we didn't have Sky in my house, so we couldn't watch wrestling, you know? Yeah. But a few a few of the kids I went to school with had it, and they'd always, that's, that's during the Ultimate Warrior era, Hulk Hogan back in the day, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was the only exposure as a kid I got. And I kind of had the generic, all oh, wrestling's fake and all this kind of, and that was more a, a social thing with kids, like, you know, that's not real sport. Concentrate on rugby, concentrate on this kind of thing. So yeah. I never really got exposed to it. And then when I went to secondary school, um, this is around 98, 99. So that's the height of the attitude era, isn't it? Or to come into the, the, the stone cold, the rocks and all at the end of it nearly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got exposed to it again then. And my mate, I'll never forget it in, in the art class I was in at school. All the lads would do would draw pictures of Stone Cold or The Rock, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I I remember them telling me I said, "What are you doing? Like, who who's this Stone Cold Steve Austin character, and who's The Rock?" And they'd explain it to me, and they were like, "This is the best thing in the world. You need to start watching it." And I wish I had to listen to them. Yeah. Because I I missed out on that live. Of course, since I got into wrestling, I went back and watched it all again and i was like oh my god this is unbelievable you know stone cold uh, is one of the greatest entertainers of all time and yeah. uh, of course the rocks still is you know but uh and then you know I, I went off and did my rugby and it was around 2000 and it was 2007 six seven where my mate reintroduced me to it and i started that's when i really started watching uh wrestling religiously you know, Monday Night Raw, got into the characters, and uh, that was WrestleMania, I think it was WrestleMania 23, when uh, Batista was against The Undertaker, you had, you know, Randy Orton and, and Edge were still rated RKO, yeah. DX, and all that kind of thing, again, that was, that red build up to that WrestleMania, it was my first time when I knew all the characters, I knew all the storylines, and it was still, it wasn't fully PG then either, you know, Yeah. and that's, Smackdown for the, the the World Heavyweight Championship, you know, that, that Batista when he was still the animal against The Undertaker and he, he was still able to roll, you know, um, was amazing. And I was hooked after that, you know. Yeah. Um, and I was stuck into it for a good few years and then I kind of fell away um, the last few years where I haven't really watched it religiously. But I, the big, big ones, of course, like your WrestleMania, I need to need to get to go and it's on the bucket list to get there some year. Oh, yeah. Actually go... So, so, so once again, once again, I don't know how in the line your ducks are going to be. It's going to be in Tampa, Florida. I'm going. 
So if you can make it down there, you know, I, you know, I, I might have a roll away uh, mattress for you in my hotel room. So. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. I might, I might, I might hold you to that one now, Rob. Um, and another thing, I, I ask you, Booker T. He's from Texas, is he? Yeah, he down here. He's in Texas City. That was one of the wrestling opportunities I potentially could have had. I was telling you about. Yeah, yeah, because he he has his um, his school down there as well, and he's big in the yeah. podcasting now too. Isn't he? Mm-hmm. There's a guy you know you should, you should try do a, a podcast combo with Booker T. Would be a cool one to listen to. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've had a couple of his uh, wrestlers on this show uh, early on when I first moved here to Houston. So I, I keep tabs with them here and there. I mean, they're doing pretty good. They um they were exclusively with there with uh, ROW, um, Reality of Wrestling. This is a thing down here. And now I'm starting to see them venture out around uh, the Texas area and everything, which is pretty cool because like I see a flyer and I see one of the faces on there. I was like, oh, snap. That's them. I know him. Yeah. I know him. And then um, most recently for uh, Elimination Chamber, uh, when Becky Lynch came to the ring and she uh, beat up uh, Charlotte and uh, Ronda Rousey, those two guys, the ones I was just talking about, were the security that was taking Becky Lynch out of the ring. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, so, Brilliant. I, so I was there live watching them do this thing, and I was just like sitting up there in the, in the stands like, wait a minute, that guy looks familiar. <laughs> And then I look up on the screen, I see his face. I was like, oh, shit, that's him. <laughs> so uh, big shout outs to Kiefer Bartek and uh, J.J. Blake. <laughs> yeah, no, fair play. And I, I think that that's that's a cool thing for you as well, isn't it? To kind of be part of the evolution of those guys' careers, even, you know, any any bit of exposure or, or being on a podcast like you uh, is is great, you know, as part of their journey. And that must be exciting for you to be part of that too, you know? Yeah, man, it's just like... High five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. shit. It's a good conversation, man. He's a good dude. Yeah. Um, what's, what's next? I mean, I know you talk about funding and everything, whatever, but idealistically, I mean, if you had your way, what would be, um, one thing? I'm just limited to one. What would be one thing that you would add to Lemur? One thing. Oh, one thing. Um, I think the. That's a very difficult question. Yeah, I know you got so many things. I mean, it's your baby. (laughs) Yeah, the one thing. Um, See, there's there's a there's a mix of it. You see, because there's one one of the things that's. Um, I suppose some of the feedback we're getting from people is the is the sharing of content. Yeah, you know, out, outside of the app. Yeah, no, nah, um, I, I remember and, that because me and you had that conversation. Yeah, so it's is it? It's one of those things where the issue there therein lies is the the metrics and the analytics, and that's a big issue for podcasters in general. Is when you where do you share your podcasts, and you know they say share it everywhere you know yeah uh, but the, the problem therein is the lack of accurate um analytics on who's actually listening where they're listening how they're listening why they're listening etc cetera, etc cetera. and that's that's a big advantage we have within lemur is is those analytics and um the sharing sharing is 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 an important thing i think um i i want to take to have the voice, the voice control is a big thing because mm-hmm. uh, essentially um, Lemur, Lemur will have voice activation, you know, 
uh, as as we grow. So you're not going to need a device in time. There will always be a device, but yeah. there won't be. If you, if you get what I'm saying, yeah. So um, that's that's a big one, big one, um, to get it to that stage. But uh, yeah, put the voice voice control in there, Rob, to answer, give you a very bad answer to your question. Uh, so and and what's 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 in the future for you are you ever going to go back in the ring i'm i'm i think we've opened a can of worms there now you know, are you going to go back and have that now see, now see the thing is with that is like if i was given the opportunity to um you know work behind the scenes in some aspects and whatnot i would love to do that as far as in ring stuff if it was like maybe you know a small program a one-off or something like that I would be totally down for that. But like for the long term, the longevity of the thing, um, I didn't realize how jacked up I was physically until I got out of the military. So, uh, yeah, yeah, the the shoulders and the knees and the back, I don't think it would uh, allow me to do it for long stints of time. So, I mean, if, you know, you want to bring me in as a, you know, maybe a ringside personality or, uh, you know, a manager type or a hype man. I, I don't want to take a couple bumps here and there from the, um, the good guy and I roll out the ring and just sell for you. I could do that. But to like go <laughs> tour, go to city to city and, you know, I, I don't think that's in the cards for me right now. But if I win the lottery, I wouldn't have yeah. shit to worry about. So I, I I just do whatever the hell I want then. So <laughs> just set, set, set up, set up your own uh, promotion. Uh, be be the be the Mr. McMahon of your own promotion, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that would be pretty good. Uh, like you be like a part like the coach, you know. There's yeah. a guy is is I won't say underrated because he's very highly rated within wrestling, but yeah. brilliant entertainer, brilliant guy, absolutely hilarious. I uh, I got a I, I was delighted a, a small the only contact I've ever had. He he replied to one of my tweets once, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think you might have seen that I sent it to you actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was so excited about it. You know, something about the, him taking a stunner. He 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 sold it really really well. You know. Yep. But uh, that that kind of stuff. Actually, there was another another um, a friend uh, a guy I know from uh, from rugby, Alex Corpusiero, who very very successful rugby player in his own right. You know, he played for England and the British and Irish Lions, and he's actually the uh, the rugby analyst on NBC Sports. Now, yeah. so he's he's doing very well. Uh, but he mass is a massive wrestling fan as well. And uh, last time I met him in London, he was telling me he actually was in a in a wrestling match in Ca- Canada, a cage match with, and Bobby Lashley was in his match. What would you believe? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I said. He's like, what? Bobby Lashley? <laughs> and he goes, yeah. He was like one of those security goons that came in. He trained for it now. And oh yeah, yeah. He I went in and. He got thrown over the ropes and stuff like that, but he was still in a cage match involving Bobby Lashley, which is a, a tick the box moment, you know. Yeah, see, that's so, that's uh, what I'm talking about. You asked me with my feet. I said like, I could do stuff like that, you know. I just come in there, oh, and then I get thrown out of somewhere, and that'll be it for me. <laughs> take take a few foot stomps in the corner of the ring, and then just you know that one handed on the back of your head, and just throw you over the top rope. Exactly. Job I, done. I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the surge he's gone yeah. <laughs> see and that's funny because like um that's my dad's nickname like you know, all his old friends or whatever like, what's up sarge <laughs> really yeah, yeah. oh cool so yeah, I, i'll, car- I'll carry i'll carry it over even though that's like uh 
not a thing in the Marine Corps, but I still carry that over. That that if if ever if ever ever there's a, a time to where I have to come to a nickname, I, I incorporate that somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you did it. You you came up with the name. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant, and yeah, get get a few of those t-shirts done up. And uh, you you wore one. Did you, do you know the the drill the drill sergeant's hat, the Marine Corps, the the kind of full metal jacket. Uh, style hat. Oh. You used to wear one of them, did you? Oh, no, 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 no. I, 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 nah, I never did any of that. I, see, and that was another thing, too. Like, I was there. Um, I worked in Paris Island for a little while. That's on one of the um, boot camps. There's uh, two of them for the Marine Corps. There's one in uh, San Diego, and there's one in uh, South Carolina here in Beaufort. No, well, not, I say here like I'm there, but, you know... Um, yeah. And I worked there and I had a hand at training recruits, but I wasn't a drill instructor. I was um, pretty much uh, I ran the repel tower and uh, the gas chamber and all that other stuff in the crucible events, which is like their final evaluation before they graduate boot camp. So I had a hand at uh, training them at those levels, you know, in the beginning, kind of in the middle and at the end of their uh, phase of training. So I got to see them in all different evolutions of their um their you know their freaking uh, evolution to become an actual marine and shit. So I didn't wear the the campaign cover or nothing like that because like I don't think that fit my personality because I'm not the type of person that you know can just at a whim yell at somebody unless it's my kids or yeah my, or my ex wife then <laughs> that's that's something different. But you know it just didn't suit my personality. That's why I didn't apply for it or try to go out and do it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's. I suppose it's it's one of those. I I think that's more Hollywood, isn't that what people see in the Marines? And uh, yeah, um, what's his name? Um, Lee Lee Ermey, isn't yeah. he? He just passed away. Uh, well, it's a year or two years ago now, yeah. isn't it? Sad uh, still. Funny. Yeah, yeah, he was a amazing character as well. Uh, his 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 uh, transition into movies, which is another thing that you should you should look at doing. Oh, you're, you've already done it, haven't you? Hey! Yeah. <laughs> what am I talking about? Yeah. So what, is there anything you can't do? I don't know. I, I'm just weaseling my way into that. I, I dip my toe in everything, you know? <laughs> yeah, tell me about that. I meant to talk to you about that. I know we were, we're talking for ages here, but yeah. um, I remember, yeah, what was it? Was it an action movie or something? <laughs> well, there's, there's two instances here. There's a couple things that happened. When I first moved here to Houston, I didn't have a job. I, I fresh out the military, you know, just kind of getting used to uh, not working constantly and everything. So I took it upon myself to get an IMDB account because it has a, the pro account to where you can make a profile, you know, put yourself out there. So, like, people can search me up on IMDB and see all my shit and whatnot. But um, as a part of that, you get a uh, certain access to information to where, like, you can... um. All right, just for an example, I could type in Wesley Snipes in IMDb Pro and it'll give me all his contact information, not his personal contact information, but like his publicist, his uh, talent agency that he might be working through and all that stuff. So I can contact all these people. So that was kind of like the driving force behind me getting um, the trial, the trial for IMDb Pro because you get access to all this stuff. And I like I'm a podcast. I can use this to my advantage, maybe possibly. Never really panned out. But um, as a part yeah. of that, uh, <laughs> you get to see um, job listings. Like, they're looking for actors to do this, 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 and then this. So I was just like, well, shit, let's see what's going on around here in Houston. And um, 
I look it up and no shit. There was a a production company doing a a movie less than a mile away from my house. And I was like, what the fuck? Oh, I was like, shit. Well, well, let me look this up. <laughs> so I go uh, send an email, get the info, and I show up to the office. Uh, in hindsight, you know, it was a scam, pretty much. So I, I'm not uh-huh. gonna, I'm not gonna even bury the lead. It, it was a fuck. It was a straight up scam. Dude, kind a whole bunch of people out of money and everything. Fortunately, I recognized uh-huh. it for what it was, and uh, he didn't get me. But like, I still stuck around because I wanted to see how everything was gonna play out. <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> and then like suddenly. I, Subtly, I would like drop hints to different people, let them know that this was all a bunch of bullshit, you know, t- to try to save as many yeah. people as I could. So I was like, "Hey, man, uh, you've ever seen the script for this movie yet?" They're like, "No, I really haven't." You know, he said I was gonna be doing this, this, and this. I was like, "Yeah, man, I I don't think there's a script. I mean, there's these little." liners that we do but everybody has those so I mean that's just something to think about I'm just throw that your way <laughs> and I was like hey man you notice uh, you know there's only one camera here and yeah you know just <laughs> subtly hitting yeah. me like hey y'all this is some bullshit don't give him your money but uh, that didn't pan out it was pretty much a scam cause like I'm filling out the application when I first went there and it's like do you have a house that we can use for the that you'd be willing to let us use for the filming? All right. Didn't seem too odd. Then I scroll down. Do you have any vehicles or cars that you wouldn't mind us using? <laughs> Do you have any equipment that you wouldn't mind us using? He was like, well, shit. I mean, <laughs> am I funding this motherfucker? You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I was hip to it kind of early and whatnot, but all in all from that project, I met a whole bunch of cool people and everything that I, Found out there were wrestling fans and some were martial artists and they've been guests on this show and we've hung out and done cool things together. So I'm grateful in that aspect for that experience. The secondly, um, I do security here and I was downtown um, Houston um, doing one of my posts and they had these uh, two gentlemen that are here and they were um, had their cameras out, cool ass gimbals and all kind of stuff. And there was a uh, filming footage of the city and whatnot, just, you know, taking pictures of buildings and whatnot, doing a whole bunch of B-roll material. And me being the dick that I am, you know, I'm in my full security guard garb. I got my, my badge on. I got my gun on my hip and everything. And I decided to fuck with them. <laughs> so they automatically see me. And, um, you know, you kind of get to feel like, all right, if I'm here, it's like, we're not supposed to be videotaping here. That's kind of the vibe that I was putting off. So I was like, hey, you know, real stern, real mean, like had a mean mug on my face when I was saying it. And dude, you can see it in his face. It's like his uh, shoulders went limp and everything. He's like, fuck, you about to come mess with me. You about to tell me something. I can't be here or something. You about to tell me something bad. And I went up to him. I was like, hey, hey, man, that's a nice camera. Where you got that from? <laughs> <laughs> And you can, you know, you can see him relax and his face just kind of like untense and everything is, oh, shit. And he's like, yeah, yeah, man. And we start talking about the camera and everything. And I told him I was a podcaster. And he's like, yeah, man, we got our own production company here. We do small movies and music videos, yada, yada, yada. And we trade business cards. About a week or two later, maybe even less than that, he's like, hey, man, uh, we're shooting a music video here. And we was wondering if you would like to be uh, one of the officers in the film and do some like minor B-roll stuff for it. I was like, shit, I'm down where I need to be. 
So I showed up that one time. I was in a music video. I was a security officer. I was taking a, a suspect into custody, and um, I was also an undercover agent, as well, uh, undercover police officer as well. So I got to do that music video with them. And then, you know, we would keep tabs with each other. He would talk about roles that he would need me to play or ask me to play in this and this little project here and there, here and there. And then uh, months down the line, he was like, hey, man, I need you. We, we're making a full length feature. And um, I need you to do a couple of scenes for us. Sure. No problem. You get dressed up, go down there. Um, they film it. And no shit. Um, not too long ago. Uh, they released their full length venture here in Houston at um, one of the theaters and whatnot. They had a big party. It was a big turnout. And it was just amazing to see, you know, two people with, you know, that guts, those that gusto to just to want to do something so original, something that's their own and just, you know, make it their way. And they got it done. I mean, they had a great turnout. They had an awesome after party. I mean, it was just amazing to be a part of that experience. So I had it on one end to where it was a bust. It was a whack as hell and it was just a scam. And then I go to the other side to where like it was an actual success and it was freaking awesome. And it was a cool experience. So yay, I was in the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's that peaks and troughs thing we were talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, I got, I got the yeah, digital so. download. I need to try to get the physical copy from them. I had to get them to sign it for me so I could put it in my collection. Brilliant, brilliant. No, that's cool. No, that's cool. I, I was uh, saying that, like, I love, I love movies and all that kind of stuff, and movie production as well. You know, yeah. like being involved in the acting side of stuff. Um, I don't know. Uh, what I, I'd love to try. I suppose. Well, saying that, I have tried it in a small sense. Yeah. I was similar kind of story to you. Um, a fellow I met while I was playing rugby. He's a, he's a. Uh, film producer, TV producer, uh, director, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and um, my agent at the time, George Roberts, really nice guy. He um, he introduced me to him, yeah. and um, basically, he was looking for you know sometimes they like to get you know professional athletes or whatever to be play extra parts yeah. in in movies or whatever. And I got chatting to him and. Uh, I told him, you know, I'm fascinated by the movies. Listen, if you have any bit parts or you need a, a higher goon or anything like that, I'd love to love to be part of it, you know? And uh, Simon Tate is the name of the director. And uh, he's actually a Canadian guy. And he was he was a pro footballer, a soccer player back in the day. But uh, yeah, so I got a, a message off him out of the blue. Uh, I think it was when I was in Munster, yeah. So around November 15th, he says, oh, are you around on these dates? Uh, I have a part for you, <laughs> you know? So I was like, yeah, great. So anyway, I um, I met him in, in Worcester. He, arrives, he said, be at this address. And I arrived and I was looking for, I couldn't find the house. And then uh, I saw the house, big massive lights and lamps out the front of it. So it says, right, I'm guessing it's this house. And I went in and um, they let me in the door. He's like, shh, shh, come, come, come on down here. And they were in the middle of shooting a scene and um, it was an amazing experience for me because they were had the cameras there and the lighting and mm-hmm. there was a, this, this couple were having a massive argument Yeah, and the, the acting was that good you'd swear you literally walked in on a real couple having a massive argument and uh, that was the first time I really saw acting up close you know yeah. and then they said cut and they said right uh, give it a two minutes and then we're going to um and then we're going to do another scene or do the same thing again and they did it and they did the exact same scene again 
flawless. Yeah. You know, no stumbling work. And then they did it again. Flawless. So, <laughs> uh, it was amazing to see. They have some memories, in fairness to them. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, uh, unreal and then my part anyway the the low down of the movie was uh it was it's called weapon mm-hmm. and you can see the fan page on facebook but uh they they basically it was about this guy who's a afghanistan uh veteran uh british special forces and he comes back to england and he's got ptsd and there's a murder and i think he's accused of murder and you know there's terrorists involved and all this carry on and i was playing a uh the, a police officer detective uh, coming in and I, I didn't have a speaking part now you know I was kind of like the muscle the goon and then yeah. there was this lady playing uh, the, the the speaking role and she was tiny now lovely woman but she was tiny <laughs> so I looked and on cam- the camera adds 10 pounds you know so I looked absolutely massive beside her but it was uh, it was an amazing experience and I was you talk about the MMA coming out physically tired and mm-hmm. mentally and this when I was leaving I was mentally excuse my French, fucked after. <laughs> I was so tired. Because <laughs> I was like Daniel Day-Lewis, becoming a method actor, you know? Yeah. And uh, I was like, right, what would a detective do at the door? What would he do here? And be prepared that this guy's a former Special mm-hmm. Forces guy and he'd be prepared that he's going to jump at us and he's wanted for murder and all this carry on. So, yeah. Um, but uh, it was great. And that was, what, four years ago? Yeah, old, P- uh, old PC Broadfoot, huh? <laughs> Broadfoot, that's the one, yeah. Oh, you, you're an IMBD, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. I was about to say that I have my own account. It still hasn't been released yet, so it's still in post production, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, so there you go. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not. I don't have the pro, pro account though, unfortunately. Well, see, see but, that, that, uh, that, that's the crux of the thing too. It is like you, you have an account in there, and I have an account in there. But like, what they don't tell you is like you can put all your information in there, your stats, your photos, and all this other cool stuff. But if you're not paying that subscription every month or getting any money coming into there, they don't post your stuff up there. <laughs> there you go. Well, there's always a tax. Yeah, because because like I'm because lo- I'm looking at yours right now, and it just it has your name there, and um a couple other things, but it's just like no pictures, it's just blank. <laughs> And apparently, I have it up here now. Apparently, I was in Sunday Night Baseball in 1990 as well. Yeah, I'm looking at that too. (laughs) I was two at the time. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so I was in Weapon, which Mm. hasn't been released yet. So I'm looking forward to when it finally comes out and uh, Sunday Night Baseball, which I might look up after this podcast. (laughs) That's that's the crack anyway. So it's it's all good. It's all good. And... uh, yeah, so yeah, I, I might see you in another movie down the line. Hopefully. Who knows? Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, I, I won't never uh, say no, you know? If they call me up, be like, hey, man, we need you. I'm like, I'm, all right, just let me know what day so I can schedule it with work to be off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but fair play, you're doing, and see, that's the thing, you're going out and doing things that uh, you want to do, you know, that's outside of the norm as well. and. Mm-hmm. A lot of people wouldn't do that. They'd be too scared, you know, Yeah, or nervous. Yeah, and that's the whole Everything. thing about it because, like, I am scared and I am nervous, so I'm doing it to break that shit, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's important. Outside the comfort zone, it's the only way you grow. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, no, it's great. So, what, we've been on for a while now. Oh, yeah, we? but, but one, one last uh, thing before we wrap it up. Um, you was talking about the acting and everything. Yeah. We kind of led into that or whatnot. But what have I've, what I've seen 
uh, beyond the social audio, the, the lemur app and everything that I've been, um, you know, want to applaud you for is um, your video commentary and everything that you're doing, you know, on the side as well. You know, you got your YouTube channel up, you're documenting a lot of things, you, you have other people contributing and whatnot. And, I, you know, as um, a business and whatnot, it's good to also, you know, have that social audio, but it's also good to have some visual representation as well. And I want to applaud you on doing all that stuff. Oh, th- thanks very much for that. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's so important. Like I am ironically a very visual person <laughs> too, you know, um, and uh, it ties into, I suppose, love and movies and production. And I have a great guy working with me as well, Connor Heavey, who, who does my, my video and um, editing and all that carry on. Great guy. And it adds that extra bit of crea- creativity. Crea? Crea? I, I <laughs> one, one of those words. I'm forgetting how to speak here, um, which is which does not bode well for social audio. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, no, I love that. And it just adds another aspect, too. And it's enough to, you know, with Lemur as well, it's not just audio. You obviously have the images there as well, mm-hmm. which is, it's to draw you in. That's what it's for, you know. Yeah. There's trailers to it's. It's like the the album cover. That's how I look at them, you know, the album cover or the book cover mm-hmm. or the old the old VHS cover back in the day <laughs> or DVD cover. You'd be looking at them for hours, and it draws you in to listen to the full content. And the video is very important for that as well. And putting a face to a voice is also a nice thing to do at times too, you know. Yeah. So um, it's another aspect, and down the line when. When Lemur's worth a billion dollars, I'm gonna gonna get a movie together and 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 put those creative juices into ac- into action, and you'll be you'll be part of that movie as well, Rob. It, I, I'm down. I mean, they can. Uh, I can be. The, I just want to be the guy in the background sweeping up the trash and everything from all the um, notes that y'all balled up and threw <laughs> on the ground and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, do do a, a new version of the Expendables or something like that. You know, get get all the the, the washed up action stars to get them cheap in the movie, so it doesn't cost too much. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, get a, a, a Steven Seagal in there somewhere along the line. Yeah, there uh, you go. I'll be better be careful. Not, I won't say he's washed up. He might, he might jump through my window or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and not kick yeah. you above the knee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, yeah, no, it's great. It's great. And listen, uh, great talking to you again. Um, yeah. I, I, I'll enjoy our conversations. And uh, we didn't even get into it. We must do it again. We didn't even get talking about Endgame. Oh. Um, well, I don't know I mean, if you've seen it. Yet. Oh, of course I've seen. It. I've seen it twice. <laughs> oh, have you? So yeah. no spoilers. No, no, yeah. or uh, we won't let any secrets out at this stage. Anyway. Well, I mean, everybody uh, knows what's going on. I mean, even the Russo brother said if it's been past two weeks, if you haven't seen it now, I mean, you you subject to spoilers. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So a uh, brilliant, brilliant movie. Uh, amazing thing. And uh, have you seen the Spider Man? homecoming trailer. see, see that, that's what i don't do though um like if it's a movie i really want to see I, I avoid all that stuff i don't read into it i don't look at trailers i just want to go in there with a fresh mind and just be amazed by what's going on in front of me well that's that's a that is actually a very smart thing to do mm-hmm. i i at times i'm i'm hard it's 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 hard to stay away but it was a very very good trailer i have mm-hmm. to say where they're going with things is exciting i won't spoil it for you but it's uh it looks really good looks yeah. really good well, yeah um, i'll be there front row well i won't actually be front row because i mean that's <laughs> terrible on the neck 
<laughs> but, yeah, uh, worst seats in the house. Yeah, yeah I, I'll be there. I don't even know why they just don't get rid of that. I mean, they can just put like, you know, you know once we make it big and you produce uh, this uh, this great movie that you're talking about, about the Lemur experience and Lemur is making billions of dollars. We should make our own movie theaters and we just take out the first four rows and we can replace it with like, um, I don't know, mattresses or something else, like a ball pit or some shit. <laughs> just I don't know, so, <laughs> we can get a better use out of those first couple of rows because that shit ain't it man just sitting there looking straight up and everything or to the right or to the left depending on where you're sitting don't 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 say too much about that because i think we're onto something here rob Uh-oh. this could be the future and big business so don't don't let the trade secrets out all right sh- top sh- secret I- i'll edit this out <laughs> yeah do, do. definitely all right trademark trademark but- trademark <laughs> Hashtag trademark, yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, no, it's 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 great, and yeah, movies and all that kind of stuff is it's a great it's a great way to switch off too, isn't it? To, it's it switches off, but it also um, gets your mind working mm-hmm. in a strange way. Creativity as well, you know, yeah. if you're that way inclined, which I certainly am. Mm-hmm. Your imagination and sparks it, and uh, it's it's a it's a great uh, they're great things, I think. Okay. Um, uh, gives you ideas for 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 different things. Yeah, straight up. So, well, like you yeah, said, we've so, been we've been rambling for a bit, and um, I just heard the the wee one come in through the front door from school. So let's put a pin in it right here, my man. Yeah. So no, listen, it's been a pleasure as always. I really appreciate uh, you, you you asking me to come on again. It was great, an honor, as they say. Yeah. So, uh, but before you go, let everybody know where they can find you on social media and what you got going on, man. Okay, yeah. So, as you guys listening, um, you can check me out on Lemur. First and foremost, we have the official Lemur profile or uh, Shane Monaghan on Lemur. You can find out more about Lemur at www.lemur.ie. So, it's spelled L-I-M-O-R. Or, of course, you can download it for free from the App Store or uh, Google Play on Android devices. Uh, Then, we have uh, my own personal Instagram uh, Shane Monaghan Designs or the Lemur.app uh, profile and the same on Twitter. So hit me up if you if you want to talk to me or uh, know anything more about social audio. I'd love to hear from you. Yeah. So and a um, little, little tidbit for you. Um, like I said, I'm wearing the Lemur shirt right now. When I got up this morning, I threw it on, take the kid to the bus stop. And she uh, seen it and she was like, Lemur. I was like, yeah, it's just like Lemur. They spell it different. And then I pointed out, I was like, see, less is more. And she's like, oh, okay. And then like the whole time she was sitting here waiting on the bus to come, she's like, less is more. Less is more. Less is more. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You'll have to. You'll have to send over. I'll have to send her a t-shirt as well now. All right. Wait, wait, jumper. So, yeah, we'll keep keep in touch and I'll get that sorted for you. All right. Well, once again, man, I appreciate you sitting down and chatting with me and whatnot. And um, the door is always open for you to come back, man. Just uh, promote whatever and I'll just yeah. shoot the <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same goes. I've got Mono We Mono, my own podcast. I've kind of got the finger out and started creating new episodes. So we'll have to do an episode, get you on Mono We Mono. Uh, I'm down. Some- oh. I'm down. I'm down. Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay, Rob. Well, absolute pleasure. And talk again soon. And that was the awesome and stupendous Shane Monahan, CEO of the Lemur app, which you have heard me over 
many times in many podcasts speak highly upon. So if you haven't taken that plunge into some social audio, go ahead, do it now on your iOS device and your inferior device, the Android, and download the Lemur app. Um, what I recommend for people who are interested in starting a podcast or just want to dip their toe in to uh, the audio realm, Lemur is a good place to start. You don't need to buy any equipment. It's a free app. You know, there's no hidden freaking purchase fees or anything like that. You just download it, uh, create your profile, open it up and um, get the recording. And you have that instant feedback from um, the community there. You can hear their actual voice responding, you know, to your queries, if you have any or just to your show in general. So, I mean, I need to get back there. I haven't been there in many moons. You know, I was um, trying to do it at least once a week and everything, but uh, taking on wrestling against trash, which has fallen by the wayside for the past two weeks. You know, the WrestleMania thing and the comic palooza stuff has really kind of thrown me off with that. And I'm steadily working, trying to schedule more guests for the main show that you're listening to right now. So, I mean, it is what it is. I'll be back soon with some more episodes of wrestling is trash i hope you're enjoying them you can uh, find those older episodes on wrestling is trash.com and uh yeah um but once again lemur app just uh, go and check it out join the community follow me if you uh, download the app at 3r show much like my twitter account so uh yeah uh, speaking of comic palooza and whatnot uh we're one week removed well, two weeks removed as this would drop um, prior. I mean, after uh, the J Pen Jail episode that we did live from Comic Palooza, and um, it was a great experience, man. I have nothing but good things to say about Comic Palooza. I didn't get to see Trish Stratus. I didn't get to see uh, Lita like I wanted to. Um, Billy Zane dropped out because he was doing some other shit which made me sad. He was the sole purpose that I wanted to go to comic palooza so I can meet him. And, um, I got to see my man, Philium, former guest of this show. Um, half of, uh, the who got next podcast. Um, third of the rant with Ant podcast. Like damn podcast. I'm going to speak with the accent now podcast, which is on June 8th. I'm going to be no more kind of sad about that, but Hey man, all things don't last forever. And he has a plenty of good reason. He has um, stuff going on personally that he got to take care of. And uh, you just don't feel the same way about the show that he used to. So, you know, we spoke about it in this episode by not having, you know, the passion to continue on. And if you, when you're feeling like that, you're no good to anybody else uh, surrounding you. So, you know, you need to take a step back or switch course and find something that does fuel you or continue the course into a different direction. I don't know. But yeah. Shout outs to the Rant With Ant podcast for providing me with uh, many of hours of entertainment on long road trips, commutes to work, and, uh, you know, just sometimes when I'm chilling. And yeah, and man, I'm looking, I, I got a taste of the convention life, man. That uh, Comic Palooza shit was fun. And, you know, I, you, I speak about uh, uh, what Amelia Clark and all those other people that were there and whatnot, all the celebrities. But for me, the best part of Comic Palooza was seeing my brethren, my, my fellow podcasters and everything. I got to see the Cult 45 podcast. Damn, why, why am I putting all this extra on these words? 
podcast. Uh, <laughs> the Nerdy Bitches, Walker the Geek, uh, the Bride Five podcast, uh, Keisha from the Libra Lounge, um, daggone, um, one half of the Houstonish podcast rolled up on me while I was at the table. Luz. So uh, I got to see her, daggone, um, Raging Nerds, freaking rebel the rebel uh radio podcast which they gave me another scarf i got another scarf to add to collection i got three of them now i got the og scarf the very first one that i got from the houston podcast fest which with every podcaster that i met that had buttons i'm adding that to that uh original scarf so it's almost like a freaking boy scout sash and shit with all my merit badges and junk then um i ordered a custom made random rounds with rob scarf and then they hit me up with a guardians of the galaxy scarf baby i got a groot on one side growing like a long tree and then i got all the other guardians on the other side which i would cherish these things forever but yeah man just to hang out with all those people at comic palooza um i got some pictures that i'll be putting on the facebook page that you can see um the day this episode drops with the um i I ran into every deadpool i can possibly run into um costumed or just merchandise wearers and um i tried to take a picture with all of them so i'll post all those pictures on the facebook page and um i have a video of one of the panels that i've done in 3d so that's currently on the facebook page you can go back on the video section and find that and um, i might try to upload it to the youtube page um, I have two YouTube pages. I have three R show, which I just grabbed just to grab. There's nothing on it currently, but I might just uh, start uh, transitioning some video content over there. Um, the other YouTube the, for the that I've been currently using, like all my episodes are posted there. It's just I had that for years. I never really used it. And I just, you know, I'm, I just don't like the flow of the things. You can make playlists and everything to kind of separate all the videos and whatnot. But when you look at the feed of videos, it's just like podcast, 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 podcast. One video that I might have done, another video I might have done, podcast, podcast. I just don't like the flow of that that stream or whatnot. So <laughs> I snagged up three R show because it was available, and I'm just probably just put all the um, video content with me in it or stuff that I've made over on that side. So you can look at that. Look at both of them. Might be there. Might not. You know how I do sometimes. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Compalooza, great. I'm trying to get into some other conventions, um, maybe do a little traveling with the podcast, maybe even do some more live events uh, separate from conventions and whatnot, just to come up with something. If, you know, I, there's any interest in that, you know, I'm, I'm talking to you, audience, people listening to my voice right now. If you got any interest in that, you know, hit me up, shoot me a DM, uh, send me a tweet, send me a, a, a Instagram. That's, a, that's, a, that's the plural. I don't know, <laughs> but do those things and um yeah keep kicking ass y'all thank you for supporting the show and speaking of ways to support the show after you follow me on twitter at it's b rob that's i-t-s-b-r-o-b if you want to talk professional wrestling any other general shenanigans that's the place you do it also this show that you're listening to right now has its own twitter that you can follow at three r show uh the aforementioned wrestling is trash podcast can be followed on twitter also at wrestling B trash and you can follow both of these accounts on Instagram at wrestling is trash and the random rounds with Rob just search for it. It's a long ass convoluted name. Um, 
You can go to randomrobcast.com and find many different ways to support the show by purchasing merchandise, which I highly encourage you to do. I just had a piece of merchandise um, pop up on NXT TV. I forget which episode it was, but um, you can go ahead and uh, I got a screenshot on my uh, freaking Facebook. I'm not Facebook. Uh, yeah, it should be on Facebook. I think it's on Instagram, but it's definitely on Twitter. So um, shout out to the Cretans Guild, my homeboy over there. Repping the brand, getting a random dad cap and wearing it out there in the NXT crowd and whatnot. So that's cool. And um, like I said, I got shirts. Uh, you just missed the sale uh, the other week. I did it all Comic Palooza weekend and um, the week it, um, after. But um, there'll be more sales to come. You know, it'll be cool. Get you some cool merch. And um, you can also be a Patreon for as little as a dollar, you know. Dollar just show your support. Three dollars will get you a sticker pack. Five dollars will get you a paracord bait bracelet and a sticker pack and some um other goodies from me. Ten dollars will get you discounts on merch and um everything that I mentioned previous and some other things. I just don't remember the thing off the top of my head. All that stuff is appreciated. Uh it doesn't matter the amount that you give. It, shit, I tried to undercut everybody and uh, set my price at fifty cent. <laughs> but uh it don't let you go that low. Dollar is as low as I can go. So dollar is what you have for the low content stuff which you know I know I've been slacking on that Wrestlemania and Comic Palooza and you know all those major bins got me off my shit man and you know I got all this uncut audio I need to put up there especially that one episode of the wrestling is trash with Anomaly oh man I don't want to tell you about it I had to put it up I'm looking at it right now the files on my desktop I just need to transfer it over quit being a lazy piece of shit but um, I appreciate all those uh, supporting via Patreon and you can use my Amazon links and all that cool trash and whatnot. But um, it's not about the money as much as I like the money and it, how much it helps out the show. You know, I just found out I'm paying to run this shit like $100 a month. And, you know, I didn't think I was paying that much because, you know, I pay a little bit here, pay a little bit there and all this stuff. It's just fucking crazy. I'm not bitching at you. I'm not a. Uh, you know, telling you, oh, woe is me. I need money to support my habit and whatnot. Nah, I'm not doing that. I'm just, I just didn't realize that till the other day. I'm doing the finances. But it doesn't matter about that. This show is going to continue whether you give me money or not. Because, you know, this is my jam. This is what I like to do. But the most important way, the, the way that I would prefer you to support this show is to like it. Share it. Retweet it. Tell somebody about it. Play it out loud, especially if you're in Alaska and uh, Montana, <laughs> some of those places I'm not tracking analytics on. And, um, you know, write those five star reviews. I mean, if it's anything under five stars, I would uh, very much appreciate you if you dag on uh, leave some feedback. Give me a chance to grow, get better and whatnot. And if you hold on to the, uh, we, we talked about this before. If you you're still here while I'm talking, running my, running my trap after the interview is over, I appreciate you for that. You know, you're getting to hear me, you know, open up to you a little bit and whatnot. And um, yeah, if if you're listening this far and um, you hear me say these words right now, um, hit me up in a DM. Use um, the, the secret password, Ninja Chop. <laughs> and I'll give you some discounts on some merch on uh, randomrobcast.com. I'm just testing y'all to see if you're listening this far. So Ninja Chop is the, the secret phrase. Hit me up in the DM on Twitter or Instagram or anywhere like that. Shit, if you're not following me, give me a follow. I appreciate that too. Um, but yeah, all those things like retweet, 
subscribe, share, listen, listen, review, review, review. I haven't checked my reviews in a while. I'm asking y'all to send me reviews. And I don't even know if I got any new ones, but um, they are appreciated if you're going to do them. But uh, that's enough of me rambling. And I'll see you next time. Dun, 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 dun.